guys. Welcome to the Love and Cookies podcast. My name is Nick, and I'm sharing my story and encouraging you to live yours. I hope you enjoy this episode. So I'll be honest with you guys. I think up until this point, I've started every episode with, hey guys, welcome to the Love and Cookies podcast. And I've been trying to figure out how not to do that. And so this is what I figured out. Here we go. So today I'm going to talk about being awesome. And a few years ago, there was a, a kid president video that came out. And if you haven't seen it, you should go check it out. It was this video that was a letter to a baby the first day they were born. So if you haven't ever seen that video, hit pause on this podcast, go to YouTube, search kid president, uh, letter to baby and check out that video. But there was a part of that video that I absolutely loved. And he says, he's talking to a baby on their first day and he says, you were made to be awesome. And man, he, he's so right. Like we were made to be awesome. God created us to be awesome. And first Peter, it says, you're not like that for you are a chosen people, a royal priest, a holy nation. You're God's very own possession. In Genesis, it says that God created man in his own image. And God is, is pretty awesome. You know, our God is an awesome God. Like, God is awesome. And if he's awesome and he created us in his image, then we were created awesome. In Psalm 139, starting with verse 13, it says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. You know, God, he didn't just throw us together all willy-nilly he didn't experiment and say well let's just see what happens with this one like that's not what god did he created you to be awesome he was very intentional about how he created you and he created you to be awesome and to do awesome things you know i picture god like a cook no one goes into the kitchen to cook with the intentions of making something that's nasty like that's when, when you go to cook something, you're not like, oh, I just let me see if I can make something that's disgusting uh, that people will want to vomit if they eat. Like that's not what you do. When you go into the kitchen to cook, you have this goal to make a dish that tastes good. And I see God doing that. Like when he created us, he wasn't like, oh, let me just create someone that's a failure. Like, no, he created you to be the best. He created you to be awesome. My father-in-law, now that he's retired, he can really focus on one of his passions. And one of those things is cooking. He absolutely loves to cook. One of his favorite websites to go to is America's Test Kitchen and just researching different ingredients or different products or different tools that he can use. He's just absolutely in love with it. And now he has this time to do it. And so a few months ago, he invited us over to eat wings. And I was like, yeah, of course, I will come eat wings. I love wings. And I wasn't prepared for this, but the way he made the wings was quite the production. So first he took out the wings and he brined them and let them soak in that brine for a while. I think a couple hours. And then after that, he took them out, he covered them in a dry rub, and then he started the grilling process. 
And so he would put the wings on the grill and he would have the heat on for about seven minutes. And then he'd cut the heat off for three minutes. After those three minutes were up, he'd open the grill, he would flip the wings, he'd close the lid, and he would start the, uh, the flames back up again and he would leave the, heat, the flames on for seven minutes, turn them off for three minutes. And he began this process. It was seven minutes of flames on, three minutes of them off, flip the wing, repeat. Seven minutes of flame, three minutes off, flip the wing, repeat. And just over and over and over again, at least for an hour. And just about the time that the wings were done, he took them all off the grill, brought them into the house, tossed them in some more sauce, and then he took them back out to the grill, put them back on, and continued that process of seven minutes of flames, three minutes of them off, flip, repeat. And he did that probably for 30 or 40 more minutes. It was quite the process, and just watching it, I was like, for me, I'm too impatient for all of that. I, like, but he, he was doing it, and it was awesome. And so when they were done, we all sat around the table, and we ate these wings, and man, they were the best wings I have ever had. I ate way too many wings that day, like way too many wings. And in the future, if my father-in-law ever invites me over for wings, I'm going to clear my calendar and make sure I can be there because they were the best wings I've ever had. You see, I, I think God created us the same way. He had this very thorough process that he went through. Every step that he took was intentional to make the best product he could make. You know, sometimes at our house we'll have leftovers. It might be chicken or veggie or rice. And sometimes towards the end of the week, Angela will just open up the fridge, see what we have, throw a few things together, and call it a casserole. And yeah, it, you, it, it tastes good. It's good. But like, it wouldn't be as good as she took a bunch of fresh ingredients and made a, a casserole from scratch. And God's not like that. Like God didn't create us. He, we're not leftover casserole. God didn't just take a bunch of things he had left laying around, throw them together, and boom, there you are. No, God created us to be awesome. But just because he created us that way doesn't mean we're living that way. So how exactly do we live this awesome life? 1 Corinthians 9, Paul is talking and he says, you know, I became this to this person, I became this for this person, and this for this person, and this for this person. I became all things for all people. And then after that, in verse 26, he says, So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear after preaching to others, I might be disqualified. So Paul, he, he laid it out there, said, I'm all things to all people. And then he followed it up with these verses. He, he basically said, I know God's created me to be awesome, and here's how I do it. And the first thing that he says is he says, I have purpose in every step. He says, I'm, I'm not just shadow boxing. Have you ever uh, seen a boxer getting ready for a fight? And one of the things they do is they start bouncing around and they start throwing punches in the air and they start acting like they're dodging punches and ducking and, you know, those kind of like they're like there's someone there fighting them and they're just kind of dancing around doing that. <laughs> it looks kind of goofy. Like right now, we're, unless you're driving, like stand up and start doing that. Like you would probably feel pretty foolish. And 
if you asked the boxer that was doing that, hey, like, how did you know when to throw that punch? Or how did you know when to duck or to, to move this way? They'd be like, I'm just, you know, I'm making it up. I'm just warming up. I'm just making this up as I go. And Paul says, he, he said, that, that's not what I do. I'm not just shadow boxing. He says, I'm not just making this up as I go. There is purpose in every single one of my steps. Recently, I talked to one of my friends and they told me they were looking for a career change. And honestly, it was really shocking to me because they had tried so hard to get the job that they were currently in. They did a lot of things to make that job happen. And so I asked, I said, what's going on? Like, I, I thought you really wanted the job that you currently have. And they said, you know, this was my dream job. But once I got it, I realized it wasn't all that I thought it would be. And I asked them, I said, well, can you give me like a one sentence headline of what God's vision for your life is? And their answer was, no, I can't really do that. And so I encouraged them, I said, man, like really seek out what God's purpose is before you like make a huge change. And my friend, they were just shadow boxing. They were taking the steps that they thought might be the right ones and kind of seeing where it took them. And I've been in that exact same boat. One time I applied for a job with a company where I basically would have been a customer service rep. Me, yeah, like answering tech support things and, and phone support things. And yeah, this job had pretty sweet perks, but anybody that knows me knows that a customer service rep would be an absolutely awful job for me to be in. Like, I would be terrible at that. Like, what in the world was I even doing applying for that job? There was no way that job was made for me. And that's what Paul says. He says, I have purpose in every step. Like, I'm not just making this up and seeing what happens. I am very intentional about what I'm doing. And so if we want to live that awesome life, we have to have that purpose in every step. We have to make sure that every step we are taking is in the direction that God is calling us. And the next thing that Paul says is he says, I have purpose in every step and I train my body. He said, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. My sophomore year in high school, I played junior varsity football. And one of the nice things about junior varsity football is that your games are on Thursday nights and you get Fridays off and you can just go hang out and watch the varsity football game. And my sophomore year, after our first game, our coach told us, hey, good game. We won. You know, that's awesome. Tomorrow after school, meet me on the field in gym clothes. We're like, wait, coach, what? Like, not like Friday, we're, we're junior varsity Friday is supposed to be our day off. He said, no, meet me on the field. And, and here's what we're going to do, guys. It's only going to be about 30 minutes. But all we're going to do, we're just going to, we're just going to do sprints. You don't have to wear your pads. You don't have to wear your helmet. Just show up in gym clothes. It's only going to be 30 minutes and we're just going to do sprints. And even at the news of it just lasting 30 minutes and not having to wear our football pads, like that didn't make us <laughs> happy at all. That didn't make us joyous to come in on our day off and run sprints. But uh, we were on the football team, and so we didn't really have much of a choice. You know, if we wanted to stay on the team, we got to be at practice. So on Friday, we showed up on the field with our gym clothes on, and, and we ran sprints. And it was awful. <laughs> All 30 minutes of it was absolutely awful. 
and we did it week after week after week after week. And as those weeks went by, the sprints got easier and easier. Now, I can't say I was ever really excited about having to go run and do the sprints, but that year our team finished with a record of 9-1. and one. The reason we won most of the games that we won is because we could outlast the other team that we were playing. See, we followed our coach and he led us to a successful season. We followed him, we trained our bodies, and because of that, we were able to win more and more games. And you see, we all know the things that we need to do to train our body spiritually, but are we doing them? Like, I'm I'm definitely not the greatest at this. For a few years, I think we're on year four now, um, House Church, the church I go to, has been doing a Bible reading plan together. And uh, the first two years were, we're going to read the whole Bible together in a year. And both, neither one of those first two years did I even finish that year in the Bible plan. I'm not always the best about spending time in prayer or worshiping God or studying his word. I know those are the things I need to do, but like I'm not the best about doing them. But Paul said, I, I train my body to do what it's supposed to do. And so I've got to be better about that. I've got to train my body. If I want to live this awesome life, I have to train my body to do what it needs to do. I need to do those things no matter what. Living this awesome life, like, it sounds great, but I'm saved. You know, I believe Jesus died for my sins, so isn't that enough? Like, I mean, I'm going to heaven. I love God. Isn't that enough? I have a blog, IamNickSpindler.com, and there was a time where I hadn't posted anything on there for two months, and part of me was like, yeah, but, like, so what? Like, it's not really that big of a deal. I don't have a huge following. It's not like thousands of people are missing out on my post. Yeah, I know, God, you've called me to do this blog, but I mean, so what? I haven't posted in two months. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. I mean, do people even read it anyway? And part of it might have been that I was busy, but most of it was definitely me just being lazy about it and not doing it, being apathetic. And Here's why it's important for us to live that awesome life. If we go back to that verse in 1 Peter, it's in 2 9, where it says, But you're not like that, for you're a chosen people, you're a royal priest, a holy nation, God's own possession. So here you are. You're not like that. You're awesome. And then it says, As a result, because you are awesome, it says, You can show others the goodness of God, for he has called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. See, here's why we, should, we need to live that awesome life, not just for ourselves, but we need to live the awesome life because when we don't, we're taking the glory away from God. Because that verse in Peter, it tells us you were created to be awesome, but the reason you were created to be awesome was so that you can show others the goodness of God. It's not for our own benefit. When we aren't living that awesome life, we're taking away the glory from God. It's not what are we missing out on. It's what are we taking away from God? You know, it reminds me of all those times that back in the Old Testament when God said he was going to destroy the Israelites and Moses would be like, wait a minute, God, like, wait, wait, wait. Just remember how it's going to make you look. Like if you, if you took your people out of Egypt and you led them into the desert and then you just kill them, like, remember how that's going to make you look like that's not what you want to do. And God wouldn't destroy the Israelites. God wants his people to be awesome. He has a desire. He created us to be awesome. And 
when we are living that awesome life, others can see the goodness of God. The reason that me not posting on my blog for two months was a big deal is because I had took away God's ability to be glorified in it. It's not that my blog could have went viral or, you know, it could have been the next big thing or whatever. That's not what it was. It was because I was robbing God of that chance to minister to somebody. It's because I was robbing God of that glory that he could have got through my blog. You know, I don't have a huge following, but there have been so many times after I've posted something that someone talked to me about how God spoke to them through that post. There's been podcast episodes that I've released that I've kind of been like, eh, I don't know how I feel about that. And one episode, a couple hours after it released, someone texted me and was like, man, that's exactly what I needed to hear this morning. And you know, if I'm not doing those things, if, I, if I'm not living that awesome life, then it's not giving God that opportunity. And so we need to live the awesome life so that other people can see the goodness of God, so that other people can see how awesome God is. So let's live with purpose. Let's train our bodies to do what they're supposed to do so that we can be everything that God created us to be. And in doing that, he is going to be glorified. Thank you guys for listening to the Love and Cookies podcast. You know, there's not much better than a fresh baked cookie, but go ahead and subscribe so that you can get new episodes straight out of the oven. And don't be selfish, share them with your friends. Again, thanks for listening. Until next time.